Isaiah 42 and verse number 1, the Bible said, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. And I want us to pay attention to verse number 3. It said, A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. I didn't come here today to just preach a message. But I came here today that the Holy Ghost might peel back some layers and get access into parts of your life that you don't let anybody have access to. That we might dig in the Spirit here today. And some things that you have carried with you, things that you don't talk about, things that you never dealt with that happened to you long ago the Holy Ghost wants to just peel back those layers and get into those vulnerable areas of your life and work a miracle in somebody's world here today I feel the Holy Ghost in this house there's a ministering healing spirit in this room I want to talk to you about fragments and futures Fragments and futures. If you would, would you just lay your Bible down and I want you to link up with somebody. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Would you just yoke up one with another? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for your neighbor the way you want your neighbor to pray for you. Can we be apostolic here for a moment? I wonder if you can let the Holy Ghost broaden those vocal cords and just pray in the Spirit. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's put our hands together and just worship Him. Come on, let's love Him. Let's love Him. Come on, if you believe He's present to heal, would you just lift your voice and let Him know, God, I'm open. I'm open to what you want to do in my life. Amen. 
God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Fragments and futures. It is amazing to me that in Ezekiel 37, the Bible never spoke about exceeding greatness until the army was first fragmented. And when the word went forth, and the wind of the Spirit began to blow, and those bodies came back together, those fragmented bodies were pieced back together. Then they stepped into exceeding greatness. Because the Bible said that they stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. And in 2020, what seemed to be a church that was fitly framed together, what seemed to be a body that was molded and woven together tightly, Suddenly, we can't gather together in a building anymore, and it seems as though the body is fragmented and separated and divided. But all of a sudden, the word began to go forth in homes and in individuals' lives, and the spirit began to move, and we began to be able to gather back together again. And I would submit to you today that The apostolic church is in a greater posture now for apostolic revival than it has ever been. Now that what seemed to be fragments has been put back together, we are now qualified to step into not just greatness, but we are now qualified to step into exceeding greatness. And for several months now, God has been dealing with me about the kingdom. And I want you to understand here today that we are not just part of a church. We are not just part of an organization. We are not some local country club or local hangout or just some gathering of individuals. But you and I are part of a kingdom that is a never-ending kingdom. You and I are part of the greatest group of people that has ever walked across the face of the earth. Does anybody believe that the kingdom of Jesus Christ is the greatest group of people in the world? And so God is doing something in the earth that he has never done before. And in the first few chapters of Mark chapter 1, those first few chapters are replete with kingdom vocabulary. It is replete with kingdom language and kingdom principles. And we see where John the Baptist is opening up his mouth and preaching that there is about to be a visitation in the world that has never taken place before. He is preaching about the arrival of the Messiah. He is preaching about God manifest in the flesh, finally stepping onto the scene. He is preaching about the kingdom of Jesus Christ making its appearance into the world. 
And before that kingdom could finally arrive, that had to, there had to be a removal of some things in order for the kingdom to finally arrive. Because humanity got caught up in believing that the kingdom was on the way. And that prevented them from realizing the kingdom had already arrived. And we have been preaching year after year after year that a visitation is coming. But there has got to be a transition in North America where we are no longer just anticipating a visitation that is on the way. But we finally wake up and understand that a visitation that is greater than ever before has finally made its appearance into the world. And so John the Baptist had to be removed from the equation so that Jesus could finally show up. And whenever John was put in prison, the Bible said that Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then he begins to extend an invitation to the first few individuals that would partake in the kingdom of God. I want you to know that he was not in inviting them just to another church service. He was not inviting them to just another pause. He was not inviting them to just another camp or a camp meeting or a North American Youth Congress or another Sunday service. He was inviting them to be a part of something that the world had never seen before. And he looked at uh, two individuals and the Bible said that he walked by the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me and watch this. I will make you to become fishers of men. That word make there, it literally means to create. So here we see Jesus as a creative agent that is extending an invitation to two individuals to be a part of something that the world has never seen before what he was saying was is you may not be the finished product but if you will do your job in following me I will do my job in forming you and God is extending an invitation to Antioch the apostolic church to experience something you have never seen in this region before but there are individuals under the sound of my voice you don't feel like you are good enough or qualified to be a part of this end time revival but I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to you here today and giving you liberty from that bondage and letting you know if you'll do your job in following me I'll do my job in forming you and making you what you're supposed to be in the kingdom of God and the Bible said that he goes a little further. And it said that he, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship mending uh, their nets. Uh, so these are the first few individuals that he invites uh, to be a part of their kingdom. But I want you to notice what James and John were doing uh, whenever Jesus went looking for somebody to use in his kingdom. Uh, he found somebody that could handle broken 
kindness and said, that is exactly what I'm looking for. And he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. But that word mending there, it does not simply imply to put something back together. It means to make adjustments for a future use. So it is amazing to me that James and John were not replacing those nets. They were repairing those nets. And as they were repairing those nets, they were also preparing those nets to do something else another day. Can I tell every person in this room that they were not repairing, they were not replacing those nets. They were repairing those nets. You might think that you are replaceable in the kingdom of God, but the devil is a liar. There is nobody else like you in the kingdom of God. We might be able to find somebody to do your job, but we will never be able to find somebody that can do your job the way you could do your job. He knows the way that you take. You are irreplaceable. There is only, am I in an apostolic church this morning? There is nobody like you. There is nobody with your genetic composition or your DNA. You are the only one and God does not want to replace you. He wants to put you back together so you can do something in the kingdom that's never been done before. And in Isaiah 41, we see where the prophet is speaking about a servant of God. We see where he is speaking about the nation of Israel as the servant of God. But then in chapter number 42, there's an individual that emerges and rises to the forefront of his prophecies. And God begins to speak through the prophet and says, I'm going to raise up my servant and my hand and my spirit is going to be upon him. And watch what he says. He says, he shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Make no mistake about it. The God that you and I serve, he is a God of war. He is the king of glory, the Lord that is strong and mighty in battle. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is able to make a way. He is able to heal any sickness. He is able to calm any storm. He is able to defeat any enemy. But when it came to dealing with broken people, he came meek and he came lowly and he came gentle. And he said that a bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. Because when the broken come to Jesus, he does not break them further. But he takes what's already broken and puts it back together. Why do you think Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And hath anointed me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to bind up the broken hearted. That word bind there means to govern. So it means when you bring your brokenness to Jesus. He will put it back together in such a way. That you lose control of that area of your life. And he is now. 
now in charge. Can I tell you that God will let your life fall apart if it means he can be in charge of it whenever he puts it back together. He can let your emotions be broken. He can let your marriage be broken. He can let your ministry be broken. He can let your finances be broken. He can let your dreams be broken. If it means he's in charge of it whenever he puts it back together. So you need to begin to rejoice in this house if you've got fragments because that means when God puts it back together, you don't have to do it by yourself. But now God's got control of your finances and God's got control of your mind and God's got control of every part of your life. He said that a bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax shall he not quench. I didn't come today just to deal with the surface level issues but I came to dig down deep into some hidden parts of your life. I came to deal with those old wounds. I came to deal with the baggage you've been carrying that you don't think anybody knows about. That old pain, that old trauma, that old situation, that old abandonment issue that happened to you when you were just a kid. That's what the Holy Ghost wants to deal with here today. He said a bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax shall he not quench. I was at a, 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 a meeting several months ago and there was a woman that was standing on the platform and the Holy Ghost gave me a vision of her and I saw her sitting on the edge of her bed and she had tears rolling down her face in a dark bedroom and she had her hands in her face over her face and she was weeping and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said she's dealing with suicide and with depression and with insecurity and I went up to her at the end of service and I told her what the Lord had spoken to me and she began to break and weep and cry and she fell over on the pew and the Holy Ghost began to heal some emotional damage in that woman's life. I've come to let somebody know suicide is not your answer. That is a lie from the enemy. God wants to help you in this house. I'm going to come after that spirit here today. That spirit is no respecter of persons. It will come after every age, every color, every nation, every kindred, and every tongue. It wants you. And we bought a lie in Pentecost that said suicide is an easy way out or a fast ticket to heaven. That is a lie straight from hell. Suicide is not your answer. Come on. I said suicide. I need some help in this house. I said suicide is not your answer. You do have a reason to live. Your life does have purpose. You are valuable. And God will deliver you of that in this room right now. I wish I had some intercessors uh, that would just uh, that would just plug into the Holy Ghost uh, and go to battle against that spirit right now. (laughs) 
by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I bind thoughts of suicide and I speak life into your mind. I speak life into your spirit. You shall live and not die. You are going to be great in the kingdom of God and suicide will release its grip off of your life today. He said, he said, a bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. You've got to understand that a bruised reed has damage on the inside, but a smoking flax has damage on the outside. We preach in Pentecost that God can heal. He can heal every sickness and disease. We believe God can make a tumor shrivel up and die. We believe that God can straighten up a crooked spine. We believe that God can raise the dead. We believe that God can unstop the deaf ear. We believe that God can open up the blinded eye. But for some reason, we don't believe God. God can touch depression. We don't believe that God can take away anxiety. We don't believe God can heal your, your issues of trauma, emotional trauma. You never got over your daddy leaving you when you were just a boy. You never got over that spouse that walked away and never came back. You never got over that church split you were a part of when you were just a boy or just a girl. You never got over that failure in ministry at the church you used to go to. You never got over the abuse of your father you never got over being molested or raped as a little girl you never got over that boy that took advantage of you but I've got a word of hope for you today he will heal your body he will heal and if he'll heal your body he can heal your heart he can heal your mind Come on, let's stand and lift our hands in this house right now. There's a ministering spirit flowing in this house.
Be seated for just a moment. I'm going to tell you exactly where you are in the Holy Ghost. God's wanting to do something in this region that's never happened in this region before. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. There is a visitation coming to this area that has never come to this area before. You are more postured for that than you've ever been in any, any part of the history of this church. You are more postured for a visitation in this region than you have ever been before. But there are some of you that don't think you can be a part of it because of failures in your past. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And he goes on to say, let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice once again. He said, God, I failed you and it hurts so bad it feels like my body has become fragmented. David represents two individuals that we deal with in Pentecost. He represents those that have fallen and don't think they can ever get back up. But somebody needs to let the devil know, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. As long as you've got an altar of repentance to run to, God is not finished with your life. Oh, you don't believe that. You see, it's amazing we believe God can forgive everybody else, but we don't believe God can forgive us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You think God is holding a track record of all of your failures over your head. And every time you go to repent, he just adds another one to the list of things to use against you. But the Bible said that he remembers not our sins and our iniquities. You know, we make unbiblical statements like God is the God of 10,000 chances. But he's not the God of 10,000 chances. He's only the God of second chances. Because every time you repent, it's like the first time because God doesn't remember the last time. So he doesn't give you 10,000 chances. He just gives you a lot of second chances. You need to let the devil know, I'm walking in the spirit now. And as long as I'm walking in the spirit, there's no condemnation. God wants you to be a part of this end time revival. And God's going to deliver you of, of, of condemnation in this house here today. But David also represents the second kind of individual. He represents those that have fallen, have gotten back up. But you don't think you can ever be used in the kingdom of God and in the ministry of miracles and revival ever again. And there are a lot of you that condemnation has robbed you of seeing the miraculous. Whenever God wants you to pray, Pray for somebody that's sick. The enemy lies to you and says, I know what you've done, and God's not going to heal their body. But you've got to understand condemnation is the enemy to demonstration. Let me talk to you about the prodigal son. Whenever the prodigal son came back, he wanted to just be a servant, but God did not restore him to the status of a servant. God restored him to the status of a son, and he put the ring on his finger. That's not talking about jewelry, Brother McGurk. It's a family signet that the father put on the son's hand, and whenever the son wanted to make a purchase, he would stamp the signet, and it signified that the father's got the finances to support 
support the purchase. So don't let your failure rob you of a miracle another day. Go ahead and swipe the card. Go ahead and write the check. The Father's got the finances in the bank. You ought to be shouting in this house right now because that means it's not me that does the work. It's the Father that dwells in me. Matter of fact, I want you to stand in this house and reach over and lay hands on your neighbor right now. There's some kickback in the spirit right here. I want every person, I want every person that's an intercessor and a warrior in the spirit, I want you to begin to go to battle right now. There's something that's got to break in this house. I just felt those angels walk in this house. Come on. There's liberty here. There's liberty for your life. Come on, there's something that's sweeping into this house. I want you to lift your voice one more time. Let's pray for just a moment.
There's a ministering spirit in this house right now. Come on. Here's where we're at. Listen to me for just a moment. Listen to me for just a moment. The Bible said that Jonathan had a son who was lame. And it says the reason he's lame, couldn't walk, is because when news came from Jezreel to the nurse of Mephibosheth, that Saul and Jonathan had both been killed in battle in the same day. The Bible said that the nurse made haste. And it says that she stumbled. And Mephibosheth fell. But Mephibosheth did not fall. Mephibosheth was dropped in the care of somebody else. And Mephibosheth literally means shame. An identity of shame. Because when he was left in the care of somebody else, they dropped him. And he's fragmented for the rest of his life. And that's exactly where a lot of us are here today. You were left in the care of somebody else. And you walk around with shame. Because they dropped you. You've walked around with shame because you woke up one morning and your dad was nowhere to be found. I know what that's like. You walk around with shame because your mother never told you you were beautiful. You walk around with shame because somebody took advantage of you when you were just a kid. You walk around with shame because of what happened to you years and years and years ago. You walk around with all of these fragments and this brokenness because at another church somewhere you were left in the care of the ministry and the ministry failed and your life just began to crumble. And you've been walking around with all this shame and these fragments. But the Holy Ghost wants to peel back those layers. I'm talking about things that come up in conversation. And, and, and if you get slightly uncomfortable, you, you change the conversation because you're afraid that what you've been carrying around is going to come up and you don't want to have to deal with it. 
I'm talking about young men here. You're, you're, you're afraid that you're even going to be able to be a good father because of how your father treated you. You have a skewed perspective of relationship with God because of the hurt and the pain that you carry from when you were just a child. And now you feel like you have to earn his love. And you live with a performance mindset when it comes to your relationship with God. And if you make one little mistake, you plummet into a pit of depression because you did not live up to the standard you set for yourself. But the Holy Ghost wants me to tell you, He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And whenever David went looking for somebody from the house of Jonathan to sit at his table, all that was left was that little boy with fragments, brokenness. The king began to reach for the fragments. Because even though it was fragmented, the king saw a future in him. And so all of the fragments that you carry around, I want to let you know that the king is reaching for you here today. Because he sees a future in the brokenness of your life. I'm talking about a woman with the alabaster box. Everything you have of value and worth has been boxed up and suppressed into this, this little box in your life. You don't let anybody have access to it. It's something you just carry around with you. And you've put all your value and your worth in that little box. But finally, that woman said, enough is enough. And she came and broke that box. And everything she had that she put her value and her worth in, it came flowing out. And what did Jesus say? He said, anytime the gospel is preached, it's a memorial unto this woman forever. When all that she had of worth that she didn't let anybody have access to, she had boxed it up and suppressed it. Nobody could touch it. Nobody could look at it. Nobody could get close to it. Nobody could talk about it. She wouldn't be vulnerable with it. But when she finally broke it and it came flowing out, God gave her a future in the midst of her fragments. And so here's what we're going to do. Some of you in this house, if you'll be vulnerable with him, he's going to do a miracle in your emotions. He's going to do a miracle in your heart. He's going to do a miracle in your mind. He's going to bind up those fragments and he's going to govern that area of your life. You come from a broken home just like I do. But if you will let God take those fragments and bind it up, he'll govern the home that he gives you. He'll govern the family that he gives you. He'll govern the marriage and the children that he gives you. The Holy Ghost spoke to me a week ago and said, my people have no peace. Because they don't let me govern every area of their life. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. If you want to sleep well at night, let him govern every area of your life. Let's lift our hands right here. Let's pray. Let's pray. I want you to begin to give him every area of your life. That fragmented area of your life. Give it to him. Here it is, God. I've been trying to control it myself. I, I've been trying to put this net back together. I've been trying to put this marriage back together. I've been trying to put my emotions back together. 
God, I give it to you. Come on, would you lift your voice? Give it to him. you got to be vulnerable with him. I know you don't want to be vulnerable with anybody else. You don't, you don't talk about the things that are wrong with you. You don't talk about the damage that was done with you. We're going to talk about it here today. We're going to talk about it with God. Let's stand all across the house. Here's what's about to happen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak the word of faith. And that ministering spirit that has been lingering here the entire service, we're going to minister one to another. And God's going to heal some things in this house. If you want to be open with him right now and you, 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 don't, feel, you don't feel a release, you feel like God needs to heal some things in you, then that's fine. You can pray right where you are. You can come to this altar. It's entirely up to you. But you need to be open and vulnerable with him and say, God, I've carried this around long enough. I've carried these fragments long enough. I'm ready to let you give me a future in the midst of these fragments. God's going to heal depression. God's going to heal your fear of rejection. God's going to heal abandonment issues. God's going to heal your fear, young man, of ever having a family of your own. God's going to, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. There's a wind of the Spirit blowing in this room. Young lady, God's going to heal your insecurities. Your daddy never had time for you. You were abused as a kid. Your mother never told you you were beautiful. Come on. God's going to heal all of that. He's going to be your father. He's going to be your reward. He's going to be your comforter. Come on. If you're, I, I'm asking you, would you make your way to this altar? There's a healing spirit in this house right now. There's a ministering spirit in this house. There's faith that is rising right now. You don't feel qualified for this next great revival. But God's about to prepare you and make adjustments in you. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you've never spoken with other tongues, I want you to come to this altar. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost here today. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Now I'm asking the rest of you out of your seat and make your way around this altar. There are people here that need you to minister to them. There are people here that need you to help them get put back together. I'm going to speak the word of faith. When I count to three, I want you to lift your voice and break that box. I want you to lift your voice and let it out. All of that bottled up pain. All of that bottled up hurt. I want you to lift your voice and let it out. Are you ready? By the authority of the word of God. And the power of the name of Jesus. I lose healing in this house. Healing of the mind. Healing of the emotions. Healing of the wounded spirit. Healing of the heart. I lose restoration from failure. Restoration from mistakes. I loose deliverance from depression and suicide in the name of Jesus. When I count to three, lift your voice and let that alabaster box break. One, two.
two, three. Lift your voice. Break it. Break the box. Break the box. Let him have it. Let God have it.